This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to This Organized Life. If you're a mom, wife, or coffee lover seeking advice on how to reduce clutter and reclaim time, look no further than your host, Lori Palau, founder of Simply Be Organized and author of Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized. For a lot of people, clutter is their dirty little secret, but it doesn't have to be. Each week, we will share practical tips, chat with experts, and provide strategies on how to keep you organized. I hope that by sharing our stories, you feel a little less alone and more empowered to tackle the areas that are holding you back. So let's get started. Hi, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of This Organized Life. We are wrapping up 2021. Oh, I'm your host, Lori Palau. I'm so excited to like jump into this. In case you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. Thank you for being here. I cannot believe that we are finally at the end of another year for our last two episodes of the year. We always like to do, or I always like to do a recap episode of the top episodes from you guys out there, as well as my favorite episodes that we've had. And it's fun because I get to kind of stroll down memory lane. Joining me today as my co-host sidekick is um, my producer, Don Jackson. And so Don is going to be here. However, for those of you who are watching on video, Don likes to stay incognito. We're just going to have his mysterious voice joining me. But um, Don, welcome to the show. I don't know if it's mysterious, but... Uh, oh, it's mysterious. I, I think the logo, just like the NBA logo, speaks for itself. So the, the Raven Media Group logo can can speak to my face. Well, <laughs> well, I love having Don as a sidekick, and he likes to stay behind the scenes. But I figured for these last two episodes, since he listens to my podcast more than anybody as somebody who edits them and listens in pre and post and all of the things that I don't do because fun fact, as soon as I turn off the camera for recording, the magic all happens in his world, not in mine. Um, So all of this, you know, as, as well as you can make me sound, it's all because of Don. So thank you. It was very nice of you to say, but uh, it's really not that hard. It's funny when you edit a podcast, you essentially listen to it. So for every half hour, the golden rule is for every half hour of editing of, of a podcast, you add an hour to it. So this one's about an hour long. So usually with that kind of thing, you listen to about two, two to three times. So, yeah. And I if mean, you count this, yeah. I mean, listening to, listening to me for three hours a week, I think the only people that maybe have had to do that are my children. And <laughs> If, if that, so my and the big guy, he doesn't really listen. He doesn't well, really listen. I mean, um, I think it, some females would probably say I'm a man, so I probably don't listen either. So no, I'm that. just, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think he selectively listens, but you know, those of you who are new, we're talking about Joshua Palau, the sidekick who, if you want to hear was on our holiday episode, but that might be in one of our um, recaps. The way we're going to work this is for the first episode of our two-parter, we're going to talk about your favorite, our listeners' favorite episodes, which would be our top 10 episodes of 2021. And we're judged based on downloads, listens, streams, what have you. Those are made up of which ones you guys like the best, um, however many people listened. And so it was interesting for me to look at them. I was actually surprised uh, by some of them, pleasantly surprised over which ones were favorites. So I'm curious to know your thoughts, because I don't know if you've done like a, 
a deep dive into this, Dom, or is this going to be new information for you? The one thing I was actually really surprised about was, from what I can tell from our list, there's no Enneagram in, in, on there. Because, on the the Enne- because the Enneagram ones were all in 2020. We didn't do any specific Enneagram episodes in 2021. So we talked about the Enneagram within the episodes, but all my Enneagram series was 2020 and they were in the top. I think, you know what it says to me Mm -hmm. that the pandemic has gone on so long that it feels like. It was just one big year. It was just two years. They were just all in together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah. There's that. So nope. (laughs) Nope. But on that note, I will say um, they were some of our most popular episodes of all time, but we're not doing of all time. We're doing just this calendar year. Here we go. Can you, can you tell listeners why we wouldn't do it for all time? Because there's how many? 200. And oh my gosh. A billion episodes. There's a billion episodes. And a lot of times people go back. I don't know what you do with your podcasts, but a lot of times if I listen to, if I pick up a podcast, midway through, you know, like I haven't listened to it from the beginning. I will then go back. If I like the podcast host or I like the show, I'll then go back and listen to one of the early episodes, which I've never gone back and listened to my first episode. I I think I might need a bottle of wine and do it one day just for fun. Cause I can't imagine how bad it must sound. Not from a sound quality. I always had great producers, so I'm not not from that, but just from a content and confidence. And I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so I had no clue. So I can't imagine. So I'm, I don't know how in all time that those early episodes measure up, but I think that they're pretty high on the downloads as well. Here, here's, I think a brilliant idea for your YouTube channel is you go back with a glass of wine and do a reaction video of your first episode. Oh my gosh. Like on Bravo, when they have those couch people yeah. where they like judge the shows, that would be funny. Maybe yeah. I need, I think I need a panel of people. I don't think it should be me because you know, you're your own worst critic. So, I mean, See, I've, I've become immune to listening to my voice. Like it's like, I'm over it. People are like, how do you listen to yourself? I'm like, I just, I like get the family panel. What do you think about that? I would have to bribe them big time. They don't listen to my show as it is. But the the good news is the early episodes, well, in this case, the good news would be the early episodes were only 20 minutes long. Because when I first started the show, I did in 20, they were short 20 minute episodes. And the reason behind that was I wanted them to be something that you can listen to in the car. And this was, again, before the days of COVID when people commuted all the time and people were driving their kids to school or daycare or soccer practice or wherever. and I found that 20 minutes was the good sweet spot. That's where I would be in a car. So I wanted somebody to be able to listen to my show in entirety from start to finish for, I would say it was probably the first year of my show. They were 20 minute episodes and I liked them, but I got a lot of feedback from listeners saying they wish the show was longer. And that is why we started making the show longer. So that's a true fun fact. Yeah, we're we're coming up on our our three year anniversary. I think. Oh my God, are we? Have we been together for three years? Just about in in February, I think it'll be three years. Wow. Yeah, and I'm gonna be starting in my sixth. It'll be my sixth year of this organized life come January, which is crazy, Tam. Yeah. That I still have some. I still have something to say after six years. I don't know what that sounds like, but that has to. What that means. I think I speak for a lot of people that know you and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think there's ever going to be a lack of that ever. Um, I don't really know if that's a compliment or maybe it's one of those backhanded compliments. No, I just it's... think it means that there's a lot of topics relating to organization in life that we can unpack. Yeah. Let's go with that. No, I <laughs> think, I, th- I think it speaks to your Enneagramness. How about that? My Enneagramness. You don't even know what the Enneagram is. And you've, do you even know what the Enneagram is? I, I do, especially because we've, we've gone over it quite a bit. But, Apparently this whole year, 
but it's not been this year. It was last last year. It just feels like it is. Yeah. So wait, what? I don't. Do you don't know your enneagram? You, yes, you do. I you do. I, I don't. No, you I lie. Don't. I'm an enigma wrapped in a riddle. I don't know. We okay. We we could do a whole episode of we are wrapping my gonna... enneagram numbers. Mm-hmm. I think it's numbers. I don't think it's one. You think you're multiple? Yeah. <laughs> you're multiple enneagram types. I think so. Okay. I might have broken the Enneagram. I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see. Okay. This is probably why we don't have me on here because I just t- I take us on tangents. I know. Exactly. I was like, okay, so we should probably get into it for our listeners who are like, all right, get on with this. We usually don't do this long of an intro. So our most popular, do you want to insert a drum roll here? So most popular episode of all of 2021 was episode... 249, which was our fall organizing checklist, which I found interesting. And just FYI, we will have, we always in our show notes, we always have links to things that we talk about in the episode. So if you want to go back and listen to any of these episodes, if they, a topic strikes you or you say, hey, if other people liked it and I want to have a little bit of FOMO, you can easily go back and um, into our show notes and just click on it and listen to the episode, or you can go and watch it on YouTube if you prefer. Our fall organizing checklist. And I think if I had to suspect why people liked it, it was because fall's a great time where people kind of do a reset. I think there's a couple of times a year where people do resets. New Year's, of course, New Year's resolutions, all the things, but also in the fall, because that's a reset of routines. We just had a lot of actionable tips and I think people like checklists. And so they see that and are like, oh yeah, I want to be able to check things off. That was a popular episode. So our listeners are a lot like you and they like, they like lists. They do. They do like lists. I think we're going to play a little clip from each of these. Is that correct? We're going to play a little clip from each of these episodes. Here's a little snippet from our fall organizing checklist. But one of the things that I would tell people is you should do an inventory in the fall of your garage, get, put the stuff away, bin up the stuff that you're not going to be using. If you've got, again, summer stuff or specific things that are very seasonal, you don't need to have them easily accessible in your prime real estate. Garage is prime real estate for most people. So you want to make sure that the stuff that you're going to be needing as you transition into the colder months, if you live in an area with colder months, is really important. Number two, episode 246, which was Digital Clutter Hacks with Kath Younger, my friend Kath. I love that this was one of our, or one of your top favorite episodes, because this was a great conversation. First of all, digital is a huge, huge clutter roadblock for a lot of people. And whenever we talk about it, whenever I do a digital clutter clinic, whenever we talk about digital clutter, lots of popularity. And so it's no surprise to me that this made the top 10 list at all. Do you remember this episode at all? Yeah, I thought it was a fun episode. I think it relates to anybody who has who has a pulse now. I mean, digital's everywhere. So it's I do have some clients though that do like to make paper lists of outlines for the show. So that's still a thing. In general, clutter of your digital stuff. I know for me it's it's huge. Yeah. And I think, you know, again, like anything, it's a spectrum. Digital could mean digital photos. It could mean email. It could mean documents. There are so many different types. And each one of those has its own, each one of those is its own episode. I I loved having her on. First of all, she is just a fun person. She was a food blogger first. And as somebody that just was naturally really interested in kind of streamlining her digital stuff, started doing it for friends and then found that it was something that she could turn into a business. So now that she, now she helps, she's uh, an online course and some consulting, helping people streamline their digital clutter. And I actually 
I learned a lot from that episode and I've put some stuff into practice. Specifically, when she was talking about not using your inbox as a filing cabinet, a lot of times people will hold onto things in their inbox as a reference point for later hence the filing cabinet. And she was talking about using the archive feature, specifically if you're using Mac or Gmail, using the archive feature. But it was a great, she had some really, really great nuggets of advice on streamlining or taming your digital clutter. And we have a few, pulled pulled a few snippets, so we can insert that now. And so I take a ton of photos and I get tons and tons of emails per day, like pitches, press releases, all that kind of stuff. Over the years, I have developed two systems around photos and email specifically, as well as my calendar. It, it was almost like out of necessity that I've, I've like honed these systems over time and they work really well. And I knew I wanted to create um, content and then eventually a course that would help people in the organizing space. But I knew that like closet and, and, and physical stuff, clutter um, courses and stuff already existed. And I was asking myself, they say, what do you help your friend? What do your friends and family come to you for? I always joke uh, with my, the people I know in real life. I'm like, welcome to CAF's digital uh, technology consulting company. Like I'll, I'll say, I'm sending your invoice tomorrow. And people would come to me with like technical questions. Like, how do I, how can I get rid of the 20? 20,000 emails in my inbox? How can I set up my iPhone this way? How can I automate this problem that I'm having? And I said, okay, I feel like there's this connection between being like sort of tech savvy and then being really good at organizing that I can bring those two together. And I feel like digital organization is something that everybody needs help with, but yet there's not a lot of support out there. It's so, it is so new that, you know, even the latest devices are new and it's changing so fast that, you know, we've had closets to organize for how many hundreds of years. So over time, like there's, there's some pretty tried and true methods to that, but like email organizing is one of those things where it's like, you think, oh, I'm just going to like create a hundred folders. And you think like, oh, Gmail has these four tabs now, promotions tab. That'll keep me organized, right? But I actually think it's the opposite. I think a lot of times people unnecessarily complicate uh, their digital um, devices and all the different categories. And so it just becomes this snowball of a mess and you can't get it under control. And it just keeps getting worse and worse because more stuff keeps coming in. Like you said, the garden hose, that's a perfect example. My objective was like, how can I take everything that I know and boil it down into like a signature method and really like simplify this as much as humanly possible. And so that's kind of what I teach is the, instead of the mistakes that people often make, which is like making stuff so complicated that you don't ever have time to do the system. What is the bare minimum that you need to do to make this as simple as possible? So you will actually do it. And so that's kind of where everything kind of came together. Number three, it is the following episode, which was episode 247, The Productivity Planner with Sarah Dalton. Okay. I adore Sarah. She's great. And she has helped so many people in my world more than just this episode. So I had her on the show to talk about, because again, productivity, people want to talk about not just being busy, about being productive. And she helps people. She's got, again, a digital framework. She's got all of these great downloads on her website. So definitely click on the link in the show notes to go to her, check out her stuff. I mean, I say that for all of the different episodes, but she has some great stuff. But I went back and did a deep dive because one of the things that we talked about on the show was about aligning your core values. And this is something that I took with me to our retreat in Austin. And I did this huge breakout session with all my professional organizers on identifying your core values and how that plays out in the things that you do from an organizational standpoint. And it was such an eye-opening exercise that I loved it. And I highly, highly recommend 
that you guys go and check this out. It's so important because so many times we beat ourselves up for the things that we're not doing. And when you figure out, or we should be doing this, or I wish I was doing that. And the way that she helps you break this down step-by-step is so granular that it really allows you to focus in on what's important and why it's important to you. I loved it, loved it, loved it. No, we have a little bit of a snippet from our episode with her, but I love that conversation. And it started with, like I said, with that coach that I hired, that was one of the first things she had me do was get clear on my personal core values. And Mm. I... What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers couldn't tell you, like, I think that's the thing too, is I think when we say it's something that people talk about and people generally think they know what their values are and maybe they, maybe they do. Right. Absolutely. Like a lot of people do, but I think it's this, for me, I I couldn't have told you um, because I was so like there, I was all over the place. I couldn't have named it. And for me doing that exercise was really kind of what got the ball rolling for me and got that motivation because it was eye-opening and it was really encouraging to see like, this is who I am and that's okay. And what I know you love the Enneagram too. So this is just another, it's sort of another, the way that I look at core values, it's what we believe to be the most important things in our lives. Like at the top tier level, what are our priorities? What are we going to design our life around? And it's, kind of that perspective through which we see the world, right? And then, so what I like to say is it's my foundation, like what I built it on. And then also it's the filter. It's my filter as I'm making decisions, as I'm planning out my week, planning out my month, I'm filtering it through my core values. How many of you have ever thought, I have absolutely nothing to wear, even though you're staring at a rack filled with clothes? If that's you, you are absolutely not alone. I dreaded shopping. I dreaded the thought of shopping until I met my friend, Jeannie Stithmawinney, who's the founder of Your Color Guru. Your Color Guru looks at your personalized style, hair color, eye color, complexion, and helps match what color schemes look best for you. So instead of sitting there buying things that you think are gonna look good or that you hope look good, Jeannie actually allows you to shop freely within the guise of saying, these are the colors that make you look your best, which quite frankly, who doesn't want to look their best? She put together a special coupon code for This Organized Life listeners. And I can tell you that I've been getting tons of thank you notes from people saying this has completely revolutionized how they shop and allowed them to make smarter choices when they are going to, whether it's online shopping or in-person shopping. So I encourage you to check this out. Visit her website, Your Color Guru, and she gives a special promo code to all This Organized Life listeners. Just punch in the code Organized Life and you can get 10% off your consultation. I am telling you, it is a game changer. It was a game changer for me and it is a game changer for all of the people who I know have been working with her for the past two years. So definitely check it out. And when you talk to her, make sure to tell her that I sent you. So the next one is going to be episode 239. And that's going to be a fun little... I don't know, what would you call it? A block of episodes we did for the Clutter Clinic? It was a series. We did a little yeah. series. Mm-hmm. And it was really popular. And and so this is, and I, I think there's a couple more on here from the Clutter Clinic series that we had. But for this one, it's 239 and it's talking all about closets. I have a very small closet, so I'm a guy. So there's not a lot in my closet. There's a lot of sweatshirts, a lot of shorts, a lot of shirts. A lot of it has the logo 
of my company. I'm still on. waiting. I'm still waiting for my Raven Media sweatshirt. Uh, my face is on only a small part of it. The t-shirts have a big blown up version of my face. So there's there's that. No, this was a fun episode. I was going to say really something liked. that was like, but we're a family show. So I was not. I'm going to I'm going to just not say a thing. <laughs> um, we we do have a lot of fun behind the scenes. So there's that. I think that joke will probably be running behind the scenes. But uh, well, no, this. I, yeah. uh but this episode was really fun you know we talked uh, a lot about how to organize your closets how to organize things and i thought it was it was great for the listeners and it shows because it made the the top downloaded list so it was fun for me to to sit and listen and i learned a little bit i actually took a little little note taking because i have a 10 year old that uh seems to always have toys or something in his closet that needs organizing so it was it was helpful for me um i'd like to hear your thoughts on it i I love the whole clutter clinic series and real quick again if you're new the clutter clinic was a speaker series that i created in 2013 where i would go when, when people were doing live events like nobody's like never gave it a second thought it was small intimate like lunch and learns or small groups um sometimes i would do them in corporate but they were like usually like anywhere between 20 to 40 people. And we would come and talk all about strategies for specific areas in the house. We worked through them and I created this series. So we would have clutter clinic closets, kitchens, garages, paper. We had a digital one, all the things. And it was great because we were able to brainstorm and share ideas and really give people actionable advice. I have since then turned it into a speaker series that I teach other professional organizers so that there's clutter clinics all the time. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual clutter clinics. It was great. And so I said, you know what? Let's do a whole podcast series on the clutter clinic for our listeners, because why not? I was pleasantly surprised to see that many of them made the top 10. And what I like about the closet episode is it, you know, a lot of times people just think of master closets, but there's so many other closets. So it's hall closets, it's linen closets. It could be all the different things talking about the, why do we even want to have it organized? Like, what is the point and how is this stressing us out and how can we make it more, you know, impactful for whatever our purposes are? You know, you could have a, closet for all your podcast equipment. You know, it's going to look very different than the stuff for your many sweatshirts and t-shirts and things. We really kind of unpack it and walk through some practical, tactical steps. And I, I just love talking all about that kind of stuff. So apparently you guys like listening. So I guess we could just play a little, a little snippet from that as well. So when I talk about closet disorganization, there are really two driving forces, regardless, again, whether you're talking about closed closets, hall closets, et cetera. One of two things. The first thing is consumption. We have more stuff than we do space. You know, you have room for, you know, you have a small linen closet, but you've got 500 towels, or you've got a reaching closet, but you've got 50 pairs of shoes. So consumption is the first one. How much stuff do you have that, that ratio of stuff to space? The second thing is what I consider the more fixable solution or easier fixable solution, I should say, they're both fixable, is not having the right system, the improper usage of space, meaning you just have a hanging bar, you don't have any shelves, or you really need drawers or pull out so that you could see something because you have a closet that's really deep and everything gets lost in the back. And so either corralling something in a bin or installing some sort of like pull out basket would help. So I think the the first thing that I tell people whenever they're going to be looking at organizing any type of a closet would be, let's look at where's the root of your problem coming from. Is it just coming from the fact that I don't have too much stuff? I just can't find it because it's not organized in a system that makes sense. Or do I have a really good system in place, but I just have too much stuff? And sometimes it could be a little bit of a combination of the two, but one of those usually tips the scales. So the first thing I do whenever I'm working with somebody, and I encourage you guys to like ask this of yourself, 
is which of those camps do I fall into? Our next one, we just did this one a couple months ago and I loved it. It was episode 253 and it was with my friend, other colleague, Shira Gill, and she was on our show. It was called Minimally Stop with Shira Gill and she was on our show talking all about her new book. Um, if you are in the organizing if you like to follow other professional organizers, Shira is top in our field and she's in, I, she's in California. I want to say the San Francisco Bay area, but she's been doing this for a while like myself. But what I loved about this episode is even though we were there to talk about her book and her aesthetic and all of the things, we did like a little mini therapy session. I don't think she was prepared for that. And we unpacked a little bit about what her life was like growing up and how her childhood really played into what she does now for a living. I love that real human side of her because I think we look at other people that are in a particular space and expert in their field and we think that they've always had it all together or that they don't struggle with certain things. And it was a really honest and real conversation between the two of us. And I really, I loved it. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I liked the episode. It was a lot of fun. It was neat to see you put on your therapist hat, which I think sometimes you like to do, which is sometimes speaks, speaks to your, your Enneagram number. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's what, 52. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. Um, no, it was a it was a fun episode. And I think our listeners got a lot out of it. Of course, they did because it made the list. It, it was neat to see that whole conversation play out. Um, and I think what I like about it is the listeners were able to see it. If if you go to YouTube, please go to YouTube, check it out, like, and subscribe um, to that channel as the kids in the lingo is nowadays. It was good to see that kind of interaction between the two of you. And I, I had a lot of fun listening to it. So I was a listener as well, as I am every week. Here's a clip from that episode. Enjoy. What's interesting is stuff became very oppressive to me as a young age, I think because of my setup of switching back and forth from home to home every other day and kind of physically dragging stuff back and forth. And also I remember I had to have two of everything, which really bothered me and felt really excessive. And I guess like maybe pointed to early signs that I was going to be a minimalist, but having, you know, like two jackets and two this and two that just felt stressful to me and kind of overstimulating and managing the stuff and juggling the stuff. And I think for me, I was aware at a very young age at how my environment affected my mood. And so it was that simple. It was like when things felt like they were put away and they were in order, I felt calm and soothed in some way. And when things were messy and sloppy and a jumble and like piles of stuff that I was dragging back and forth, it led to feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And I think, you know, those are the same things I hear echoed in my clients all the time is this sense of like, there's already so much coming at us just being a human on this earth. There's like nonstop news and social media and stimulation that then when you go home, you really want your home to feel like a breath of fresh air. Um, and a place that isn't overstimulating. And so I think for me, that need translated into the deep desire to strip away clutter. Um, It was less for me about organization. Like I wasn't the person who like file folded their clothes or put things in rainbow order, but it was more about like just wanting space. That's what, how I remember it. And I think still today, like my work is really all about creating space as opposed to just organizing things. All right, Don, we are in the back nine, or in this case, the back five for our top most popular episodes of 2021. The next one is episode 245, which was health over clutter with Noelle Ellie. And Noelle, we, she was on the show. She's an actress and she also has her own production company. And she was on, it was so interesting. She was talking about 
how she had to get rid of all of her things as a result of mold toxicity that impacted her during a move and how that whole like health scare that she went through and she walked us through this whole thing, the process that she went through of having to get rid of all of her things and how her illness played into how she looks at stuff and how she spends her time. It was a fascinating conversation. I think it's, if the listeners who've been with us for a long time will notice that a lot of the people you have on have like, like yourself, multiple hats. This woman, like, started, I don't know, four or five companies. And then, and then to top it off, she had that mold. And then I, I believe around the same time her mom had, yes, yeah, she had lost her mom. And that whole thing was just a, it was an interesting, interesting listen. I don't want to say story because I, I thought it was a really interesting listen that whole entire time. And I really enjoyed the episode. And as we can tell by it making the list that our listeners really enjoyed the episode. And I guess we should play a clip from that episode, huh? I think we should. I moved to LA two years ago to a beautiful renovated home. And I noticed I started to get sick and more sick and more sick and didn't know what was happening. And we found out very recently that there was mold in our home and you couldn't see it anywhere. You couldn't smell it, but it was causing both my husband and I to have severe reactions. And not only did we move last week, we had to get rid of 95% of our things. So talk about a rebirth and, you know, I'm talking all of my clothes, our (gasps) clothes, all of our furniture, all of our books. I mean, everything, everything. Does the mold, the mold like stays on that stuff? Yeah. So it's mycotoxins from the mold that can contaminate anything that is porous. So anything cloth, paper. um, And so for us, certain things can be wiped down like a drug. I have like a room and board wood dresser Mm -hmm. and nightstand, things like that. But I couldn't take the, because I was so sick, I'm talking like couldn't leave bed, had to take time off work, had to take time off acting. I just, we had to get rid of all of it. It's such an interesting place to be in now because I'm recognizing how mindful I have to be around anything we bring into our new home. Because, you know, number one, sometimes you buy stuff where it's stored in mold. So you have to, like, everything is about intention now. And I had an interview last week and I had no clothes. I literally had one outfit, one outfit. And I'm someone who had like racks of crap, you know what I mean? And I had to run into, I ran into Bloomingdale's and grabbed an outfit off the rack, bought it and left. And I realized I was falling into an old pattern and an old version of, well, I don't have time and I just need to grab stuff and go. And it was like, my whole nervous system was like, nope, we're not doing that anymore. Now it's about intention. Try on the outfit. How does it feel on your body? Do you know what I mean? And so it's been in a way for me, it's like been forced on me, but I'm trying to really find gratitude in the whole thing because how many people can say, no, you know what? I no longer am, I no longer am attached to material things. I no longer have that attachment because I help my health relies on it right now. All right, Don, you want to read the next one? Yes. You're I'm back noticing, on it. I'm yeah. noticing <laughs> I'm noticing a trend. That you want to read the next the two? You can yeah. read the next two. <laughs> I'm getting the clutter clinic episodes, it looks like. Before, though, we go into the clutter clinic, this, this next episode of a clutter clinic, which, by the way, is episode 41, clutter clinic and kitchen. 241. Did you say 41? I did say 41. It's 241. This is probably why I shouldn't be introducing I'm like anything. 41. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I still think that the Enneagram was this year. So there's that. Um, but <laughs> I think before we go any further with that, I think you have something in conjunction with the clutter clinic that you have created, right? Well, again, the clutter clinic, I saw it becoming really, really popular. And I saw the success that I had in my business and also that people loved learning about it in that 
in-person or that group setting. When I started the partner program for all that you know that I have professional organizers that I are in my group that I mentor and my community, I wanted them to be able to share the same successes with their people in their community. I developed a clutter clinic course framework for professional organizers. So that is something, and we have the main clutter clinic classic, and then we've got a couple of the other satellite clutter clinics, if you will. Um, So if you're a professional organizer, so check it out. And I guess we'll go ahead and play the clip for episode 241 of the clutter clinic and kitchens. So we know some of the limitations, but I also want to talk about three things, three reasons, sorry, not if anyone's watching me, I had two fingers held up three, I can count three reasons why kitchens are a great place to start. So if you are in your organizing journey and you are thinking about, I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm really stressed about organizing the kitchen or decluttering the kitchen, I'm going to tell you why I think this is a great place to start. Well, first of all, like I said, there's a huge impact. You are going to really, really see it. Like sometimes if you organize, you know, a closet or something, I mean, yes, you see it. I think anytime you organize a space, it is rewarding. But a guest room closet that you don't use on the day-to-day basis, like you feel great in the moment, but you're not really reaping the benefits on an ongoing basis. When you organize a kitchen and you get it to work for you, that is continued reinforcement. And you will see that ripple effect in a positive way, not just for yourself, but hopefully for the other people that share that space with you. So that is, again, that momentum that you talk, that we talk about. There's limited, for the most part in a kitchen, there's limited emotional clutter. And what do I mean by that? So when we talk about the three types of clutter, we talk about the physical clutter, the stuff that you see, we talk about the emotional clutter, the fear or guilt that holds you back from getting rid of things. Then we talk about counter clutter, which is the procrastination, the guilt, the overwhelm, the time, all of that stuff. Kitchens, unless you're talking about a bowl or something that was like your grandmother's, that means something to you. By and large, the kitchens are pretty cut and dry. There are things with defined expiration dates so that you know if it's food and you haven't gone through it in a while, that's easy to pitch because the decisions are made for you. So when you remove emotional clutter, you remove a level of decision fatigue that so many of us face. And that is worth its weight in gold. So just knowing that if I am somebody that struggles with emotional clutter and I can start in the kitchen and not have to worry about that playing in as it would maybe in a closet where clothing can have a lot of emotion attached to it. Another reason why I think kitchens are a great place to start is because they do have defined zones and areas. Like you are dealing with an existing structure. So sometimes when we have too many choices of like, we have a blank slate, we don't know where to go first because there's so many options. But you know, if you've got five drawers, you know, what are the items that have to go in a drawer? You need to figure out, you have a defined space to work in. So it removes that decision-making process for you, which for people who struggle with purging and organizing, that can be really helpful. It's like giving you a guardrail. And I love that because you're saying, here are my choices. I've got to keep my utensils somewhere. These are my five options. Where does it make sense? And usually it's going to come down to one or two. I think that's a great benefit to working in a kitchen. Hi guys, it's Logan. You might remember me from episode 138 where I shared some of my own organizing struggles growing up. I'm here today to let you know that if your kids are struggling with letting go or need a little extra support when it comes to getting organized, my mom's book is filled with tips for the entire family. She even has an entire chapter dedicated to getting kids involved, which includes a responsibility list broken down by age. So if you don't already have a copy, go ahead and order my mom's book, Hot Mess, A Practical Guide to Getting Organized, available on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, or wherever books are sold. Now, back to our show.
Well, now that we're back from that break and I'm taking over this podcast with my Clutter Clinic love. Yes. Um, let's go ahead and introduce. We're at number eight uh, and we're realizing why I'm not part of this podcast on a regular basis. I'm behind the scenes. Well, but, you are uh, part of it. You're just better on the back end. I, <laughs> yes, I'm better on the back end. Um, so this is going to be episode 242 and it's Clutter Clinic and Paper Control which I didn't know that's what you wanted to call it because I just have paper clutter everywhere, which is mostly with mail. I think I suffer from what a lot of people suffer from where you get a whole bunch of junk mail. And instead of going through it, when you walk in the door, you set it by, I have a little table that has our keys and everything. And it seems to be a collection of. Can we unpack mailers. that? Can we unpack that for a second before sure. we go to the clip? Seriously, I want to use this. That's a that's that's a very common pitfall for a lot of people is just getting that and that called the procrastination. A lot of people, it's indecision. When I talk about paper clutter, and I think we talk about this, it'll be in the clip that we pulled. Really talking about how paper clutter stems from emotional clutter. It's like they're very connected. People don't realize it, but a lot of times people don't want to have to make decisions and going through the mail, even if it's something pretty simplistic and benign requires a decision. I guess I'm curious why, when you come in the door, as opposed to just going through it, why do you just set it down? To be honest, it's laziness because when I walk into the house and I get the mail, I actually have to walk through past the recycling, the big recycling bin we have outside. So instead of just standing there with the lid open, going through it and just tossing it in there, I bring it inside and, you know, it's, and that's the thing it's, we're talking about two extra steps, Mm -hmm. but I think for like almost everybody, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I'll just bring it inside and you set it down. And as innocent as it sounds, you know, you're going, well, it's only two pieces. Well, then the next day there's another two pieces and the next day. And then by the time you realize the end of the month, it's a stack of stuff. And you're like, what the hell is this? And I think it's just a matter of laziness. Do you find that like important stuff? Because I'm sure most of your bills are probably automated. So, you know, that might not be as much of an impact as there was, you know, 10, 20 years ago when people were having constantly getting late fees because things would get literally lost in the shuffle. But do you find that stuff falls through the cracks in addition to the fact that you're having that physical clutter as a result of just leaving the pile? Do you find that it's anxiety producing or that there are other ripple effects from doing that? No, I think for me, it's and essentially it's just junk mail and some of my mom's mail that gets thrown in there. My mom lives with me sometimes. So, you know, she gets depending mail. on, yeah, so she gets mail here. Um, so that's usually what's in that pile. And like I said, it's just a matter of, you know, uh, and it's, I think it's, it's an unconscious walk, you know, as you're walking by, you just, it, like I said, I, I could just take two extra steps and it's right there. But usually at the end of the month, I'll go through there and it's like adverts, you know, like you get from Jiffy Lube or. You leave it for a month. Yeah. Yeah. For a month. Don. I know I'm horrible. What kind of example are you setting for these boys? Horrible examples. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Uh, 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 that's, that's probably the biggest thing that for me is, is that, and it's, it's a pretty good size. I don't know what you call those little tables by the door. I don't know. What do you call those? Yeah. Little, um, an entryway table. Yeah. So it's one table. Of those. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's, there's a bowl there that has my wallet and keys. So Esther's keys goes in. That's my partner. It's her keys are in there my wallet and my keys and masks masks are like and they're everywhere um i think we could do an episode on masks we could do everywhere yeah maybe we should there everywhere yeah it's like worse than i feel like especially the disposable ones and i know we're talking about paper control so i don't want to like digress too much i feel like it's like picking up dirty tissues whenever i like grab masks everywhere i mean i don't really have them all over my house because a i don't have littles but like when i'm at clients and i'm like there's masks everywhere i'm like oh my gosh yeah it's a big it's a big thing Mask so, storage yeah real quick story and i know i, I want to actually just say this little quick story because you were talking about the tissues and the masks yeah I taught my boys because I'm trying to teach my boys how to do things for themselves, little odd jobs around the house. So we had a toilet that was 
the flapper was bad. So I, I replaced everything inside. So they helped me with it. And we were putting the inside, inside the toilet tank, putting everything together. And they were getting grossed out by touching the stuff inside the toilet tank because they thought it's the same water. They call it toilet water in the bowl that's in the tank. I'm like, no, it doesn't recycle. It's, it's, they thought they were sticking their hand in like their own pee. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, yeah, that's what they were thinking. I'm like, no, it's just regular water. It's not anything. It comes out of the tap. It's just right here. It's not. So the funny thing was, is they had that same reaction that you had about the mass being, you know, like a piece of tissue and you mm-hmm. just like barely touch it and pick it and throw it away. Yeah, my They God. were doing that with the stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was like, <laughs> I was like, and that's no matter how many times I told them it was just regular they water. Were conditioned, right. That it's yeah. like, oh my God, you're sticking your yeah. hand in the toilet bowl. That's yeah. funny. So there's that. That is funny. People, I think that the point is not for me to shame Don on his choice to procrastinate when it comes to paper clutter, but to realize, first of all, that these are the little things that really do, if you are living with other people, this is leading by example. These are very, very easy, simple strategies that you can start to make little changes that will impact clutter from a bigger perspective in your home. I don't like paper clutter at all. And I, I, as much as we can be, say that we're paper, you know, people are moving towards paperless, this paperless, that there's still paper, you know, there's still mail, there's still stuff that comes home from your kid's school, even though things are electronic and how are you going to navigate that? So I think it's really, it's a, it was a really helpful episode. So I, I think everyone should listen to that one. And they're going to, because here's the clip. All righty then. All right, so we're talking today all about paper clutter, how to reduce it, how to reduce the volume of paper, and more importantly, of the stuff that we're holding onto, which should only be the stuff that's really important, how quickly are we going to be able to access it when we need it? That's the question you always want to be asking. Whenever we file anything, how quickly can we get it? Because when you need something, especially when it comes to paper, it's usually something that's timely. And so you don't want to be wasting time looking through it, sorting through piles of paper, going through, weeding through filing boxes or cabinets. We don't want to have any of that. You want to need, you want to know that you need it and you want to know where to go to get it. Plain and simple. Our final two episodes of your favorites. I'll take this one. So it is episode 248, which was Take Back Your Time with Christy Wright. I had fun doing this episode because I'm a huge Ramsey personalities fan. And Christy Wright, some of you might know, um, she's one of the Ramsey personalities and she talks all about, well, she helps women in business similarly to I do, but similarly, similarly, if I could speak to what I do, she helps people. She has a business boutique, but she also talks about, it's like work-life balance and all the things, um, on a bigger scale than I do, but she has a new book or, uh, it's probably not so new now. It's a couple of months old, but her new book, take back your time, guilt-free guide to life balance came out and had her on the show. And we were talking all about, it's not about doing everything, but how looking at balance isn't about equal parts. It's about, as she says, doing the right things at the right time. And so I don't think we can hear this enough. And I know men struggle with this too, so I don't want to just pick on women, but I think the most common thing I hear from people is I just don't have a knife of time, or I can't get this done, or looking at what somebody else is doing and comparing yourself to measure up. And so we unpacked all of that in this clip. Yeah, I thought it was a a really good episode. And the one thing I really, it resonated for me because I say this all the time to my boys is I can make more money but I can't make more time. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, you know, like for me, and especially in business and just the life in general, um, I don't mind if, if I lose money on stuff, but it's when you lose time, because that you can never make that back up. There's no going back and fixing that. 
And so I think with this, you know, it's, it's, it's really practical because it allows you to, and I, I think it was great because she, she gave you the space to say, it's okay to say, I need to get this back. And this is how mm-hmm. I do that. And so I thought it was a great episode for that. And for me, it was, it was really, really refreshing to hear that. Yeah. I, I think a lot of times, you know, we just tell ourselves these false narratives that we have to do all these things and we have to be, you know, superhuman. And, and again, it's just not, it's not realistic. It's not sustainable. And again, as parents, we want to be setting these examples for our kids of healthy boundaries. And, you know, it's not about not working hard, but it's about working smart and prioritizing the things that are really important to you in that season of your life. And, you know, that season might be work. It might be your, you know, I mean, your kids are always your priority, but you know what I mean? Like it might be on them or you might have a project that you're working on, but I think it's, it was really, I love how she mapped it out. And the book is a great, simple read. So definitely if you need a last minute stocking stuffer, you can check out her book. Yeah, well, I, I love the point that you made. I want to circle back to that really quickly yeah, because you, sure. you flew over this, but I think this is such, um, this is the essence of what we're talking about here. So you said, we can't do it all. And you're right, we can't. But here's what I've noticed. I've never articulated it in this way until you just said that. It made me think of something. So here's what we do. None of us are doing it all. N- none of us. There's zero people doing it all. But what we do is we evaluate others on what they do and ourselves on what we don't do. And totally. I think- that is our problem because I look at you and I say, look at all the things she's doing. And I don't look at what I'm doing. I look at what I'm not doing. Well, I didn't work out today or I didn't uh, clean my house today or I didn't spend time with like whatever the thing is, but I have all these things that I did do. And I think what's interesting is that becomes an impossible standard because we get this idea in our head that everybody's doing it and we're not. Everybody's winning and we're losing. Everybody's succeeding and we're failing. And that's simply not true. And so I love how you said, I don't do it all, but I think that there's power in talking more freely and openly about the things we're not doing to show people, hey, for all the things that I am doing that you see, there's all these things that I'm not doing that you don't see. And I think that is really powerful. So I just wanted to highlight that because I thought that was really Thank you. Um, yeah. wise how you how you said that. And I wanted to point out, I think that's that's part of our problem, in fact. All right, Don, I'm going to give you the floor for our final episode of the listeners top 10 episodes of I don't I don't know if I can do this because it's not a clutter clinic episode. I know, I'm but. I'm giving exact I'm giving you the floor even though it's not a clutter clinic. I will take this and uh this is going to be episode 252 and it's the cost of getting organized and I loved it because I think everybody has that you know, when you think of organizing, at least this is for me, and I think I speak for a lot of our listeners, is you have to have these things, you know, you have to go to, you know, the container store to get all these things to help you be more organized or to help you or to get like an app or something like that. And I think it's great because it allows you to know that you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars to get organized. Sometimes it's, Let's use, let's go back to my, you know, the example of me and my mail. It's just a matter of taking those two steps to do it right then. And something small, which I think everybody will will agree with that something as small as that, just placing your mail on top of there, it's those small things that turn into mountains of things before you even realize it's happening. And then you're like, like for me, a month goes by and it's like this pile of stuff, papers on my on that little thing there. So I think that's, what's great about this episode is allows you to kind of break down and, you know, kind of figure out how to do things without having to, to break the bank to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, what I love about it also, and I talk a a lot about this in my book. So here we'll talk about plugs, plug, hot bass, practical guides, getting organized. That's a great stocking stuffer too. It's more about the behavior than it is about the stuff. And there's this preconceived notion of if I could just have the bin, the basket, the organizer, or I could just hire a professional organizer, all of my problems would be solved. And I used to make this analogy all the time when I would be speaking. And I would say, if you want to become a runner, 
you can buy the best shoes on the market, but if you don't apply, if you don't put them on and you don't go out there and run every day, what good are they? They're not doing you any good on the shelf. Yes, it can make your run more enjoyable, but it's not the shoes. It's about you doing it. And so really the cost of getting organized can be looked at in several different ways. It's how much is it costing you in your time? How much is it costing you in wasted time of looking for things that you know you have? Is it is it costing you relationships because you are anxious or stressed or overwhelmed? So you're snapping at your kids or your spouse or whatever, or logis- logistically, like if you're at work and you are losing time because you're not working smart because you're not organized, is that costing you actual money? So I think there's several different ways that you can look at it. But at the end of the day, so much of what we talk about here is really about changing that behavior. So like you said, when you first introduced the episode, it's not so much about the thing. It's about how you're handling the stuff in the first place. First part, which I think is really the the most important part, is working on that mindset shift that nobody, regardless of their economic status, is immune from living an organized life. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much money you make. It doesn't matter if you live in a city, if you live in the country, if you live in an apartment, if you live in a 10,000 square foot house, it doesn't matter. There are people that are organized and people that are cluttered and disorganized in any walk of life. It does not discriminate. Clutter doesn't discriminate. And it's a personal choice. And the beauty of it is, yes, you might not be in a financial position to hire a professional organizer. You might not be in a position to say, okay, I'm going to go to the container store and spend $1,000 on products so that everything is looks like it does right out of an ad. But that does not mean if you can't do those things or you're not in a position to do those things, that that means that you have to be disorganized or that you're destined to be disorganized because there are tons of people that get organized on a budget. And when I started Simply Be Organized back all the way in 2009, it was at the height of the recession where people were losing their homes. They were losing their jobs left and right. And I started this business as a way to help people, as a way to help people feel good about their spaces and doing it on a shoestring budget. This was not uh, me going to the container store, me you know, putting out all of these beautiful things. Again, there, was, there wasn't even a Pinterest or an Instagram back then. It was personal. We weren't sharing every aspect of our lives 24-7 the way we are today. So it was about how you felt in your space. How did your space reflect your behavior and your demeanor around when you came in, um, when you walked in the door, and when you interacted with your family, your spouse, your kids, you know? And so that was, it was that feeling that I was trying to accomplish. And we could do that without having a hefty price tag. And that's what I want to let you guys know that, sure, if you want to go spend a lot of money on the bins, you can do that, but that's not what it's about. It's really about how clutter makes you feel. Well, that was another great episode that we had. And I think Jeter just said hi. Uh, I was like, and Jeter's just, I don't know what's going on with this dog, people. I'm sorry. He's getting old and he's getting crotchety. I have my melatonin. He did not go on a walk this morning. I have been recording all day. I had to record somebody else's show before this. And I went on a quick walk, but I didn't have time to like, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he needs to go out. I'm really excited for this list. I'm, and I love listening and hearing from what episodes really resonated with our people. I think we had a nice, diverse group. And I'm glad to know that here we are five years in, you guys are still, still tuning in week after week. I love it. Um, We're going to be back next week and we are going to have part two of this series, this best of, and this time we're going to talk about my personal top 10 favorites. And Don, you can weigh in. Maybe we'll do a little split if you have your own personal favorites. You want to weigh in on yours, but I don't want to add more work to you. 
I have yeah. way too many favorites for me, but I, I do, I think it would be interesting if people goes, if people go to your uh, Facebook page and mm-hmm. your social channels and share their thoughts on what they thought of the list, or if they had anything that they wanted to share as far as what their favorite episode was. Yes. Tag and it want tag us at simply be organized, but yeah, comment this organized life podcast, this organized life podcast is our Facebook group. And again, all over social at Simply Be Organized. So until next week, I'm Lori Palau. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, make sure to click the subscribe button wherever you are listening so that you never miss an episode. And while you're there, go ahead and leave us a review. A special shout out to our amazingly talented podcast producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group for all of his hard work. And finally, if you want to connect with me, visit simplybeorganized.com or find me all over social media at Simply Be Organized. I'll see you next week for another episode of This Organized Life. Hey guys, fall is upon us and you know what that means. Time for a wardrobe refresh. So before you go out and buy a bunch of clothes, I want to tell you about my friends at Your Color Guru. They are color specialists that can help identify what color themes are best with your skin tone, hair, eye color, what makeup looks best on you. And my friend Jeannie Stithmawinney, who is the founder of Your Color Guru, did a color analysis on me a couple years ago. And when I tell you it was eye-opening, I was wearing colors that washed me out, didn't realize that there were certain things that were better on me for my complexion than others. And once I went through this process and it was so simple, I got this cute little cheat sheet color chart. And when I would go shopping, I could immediately just sort through and find the colors that worked best for me. And you would be amazed at how many people were like, oh, that top looks great on you. Oh, that color looks great. You look awesome in this. And it was always the colors that were on her color chart. I kid you not. So if you guys want to check her out, they have a special promo code for this organized life listeners. So visit yourcolorguru.com. Put in code Organized Life, O-R-G-A-N-I-Z-E-D-L-I-F-E, one word, Organized Life, and you'll receive 10% off your initial color analysis. I'm telling you guys, it's worth it. It's a great gift for people, so much fun, really seamless, and all done over the computer. So it's you can do it from anywhere. Awesome. Check it out.